0: Rock stars are famous for their indulgent lifestyles and extravagant purchases, and today we're reading a wonderful and hilarious comedy about the most extravagant purchase you've ever seen, so stay tuned.
1: Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Unproduced Table Read here on the Popcorn Talk network. We're reading a pilot that I like very much today called Amboy, written by the very talented and beautiful Sabrina Besla. Sabrina, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. I summoned you on short notice, so I really appreciate it, but I really, really like this pilot and I can't wait to get into it. For those of you guys who haven't seen the show before, this is a show where we read Hollywood's hottest, unproduced pilots and features with amazing writers, and we interview them as well, which is great. And of course, to read them, we need actors, and I'm surrounded by them today. Say hello.
1: Hi, uh, I'm Andrew Guy, and today I will be reading for Nash.
2: Uh, hi, I'm Adrienne Snow, and I'll be reading for Boat, and I'm going to say it wrong. Luella? Luella. Luella yep. hey, I did it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Steve Kaufman, and I will be reading for Vault. What's up everybody, I'm Timothy Michael. Today I'll be reading for Metro,
0: Ziggy,
3: and
4: Dusty. I'm Roxy Strower and I'll be reading for Jade Bird and Dolly.
0: So Sabrina, I love your bio and I think it shows what a not only great writer but great comedy writer you are. Mm -hmm. The very first line in this bio I received from her says, years ago BuzzFeed came out with an article listing the top 10 worst employers to work for in New York City and Sabrina has worked for two of those fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Which is awesome. (laughs) Fortunately you list some of the executives you work for who you do like very much including the brilliant Tyra Banks. You've worked very closely with her um, Oscar winner Jeffrey Fletcher a lot but uh, most importantly as a writer you were recently invited into the Sundance Institute Writer Screenwriters Lab for a feature you wrote called The Affairs of a Small Town
5: yeah a few years ago
0: yeah, yeah. which is great and um, I'm not surprised because I think not only are you a great writer but you have a very distinctive voice which is I think the thing that makes this script so enjoyable that being said I would love for you to give us sort of the 32nd pitch into the world we're entering just before we dive in for our listeners
5: um, okay. Uh, so and Pull that mic
0: just a little closer there. Very insensitive. Okay. So yeah.
5: this is about a story about Nash Rivers, who is a down-and-out rock star um, and goes on a drug-fueled, booze-filled bender, only to wake up to realize that he bought a ghost town in the middle of bumfuck nowhere <laughs> and has
0: no recollection of doing it. Perfect. I think that's all we need because <laughs> yeah. I think the pilot speaks for itself. So, We're going to dive into it. Guys, this is the pilot to Amboy, titled When the River Floods the Desert, and it's written by Sabrina Besla. Exterior Mojave Desert dawn. A desolate, deep area in the Mojave Desert. No signs of life. After a few beats, we hear slow, stumbling footsteps. A pause, then another few steps, feet dragging, struggling to move. We see biker boots, at first blurry, the owner's POV trying to focus. We hear his shallow, wincing breath. The owner is Nash Rivers, 30, and he is absolutely shit-faced. His tattooed torso shirtless except for a leather vest, black eyeliner smudged across his face, unwashed, dusty hair and ripped leather jeans. His chipped black nail-polished hands clutch a bottle of whiskey. He reaches an edge of a hill, overlooking the vast valley of dry dirt and cacti. He stops. Teeters, looks down at the bottle and pulls it up to his cracked lips, swigging what's left. He holds the bottle up in triumph and in all his might chucks it into the distance. He teeters again, catching his balance. He scans the terrain. It's breathtaking and lonely. A split second of sadness watches over Nash's glassy eyed face, but he quickly snaps out of it, lifts his arms once again in the air with power. I am God. <laughs> his voice echoes for miles he waits for a second and receives a response of coyotes howling he smiles and howls right back as he howls a sudden rush of disconnected images nash snorting cocaine a group of rock musicians destroying a hotel room various people having sex and kissing nash drunkenly rocking out on his guitar nash throwing up and then passing out in a bathroom his howls continue sinking with the coyotes until nash leans back too far Loses his balance, falls backwards, and hits the ground in one drop, knocking him out, cold. And the desert is silent once again. Title card, Amboy. Title card, two, based on a true story. Interior bedroom day. A blurred room comes into focus. Nash's eyes dart around to gather his bearings. He lies in a twin-sized bed in a child's bedroom. He groggily sits up, wincing in pain. He turns to the door to see Opie, eight, wide-eyed, a little goofy, and instantly lovable. As Opie inches closer to him, Nash instinctually shifts his body back. Not a fan of little people. Opie reaches the bed and zooms his head as close as he can to Nash. And suddenly, Opie spits in Nash's face, flashes his pearly whites, and darts out of the room as fast as a baby raptor.
1: What the fuck?
0: Nash leaps up, attempts to chase after him, but drops out in pain. He looks to his feet and sees they're bandaged up. Before we can process what's happening, Luella, forties, kind faced, plain Jane type, comes rushing in.
2: I am so sorry. Did Obi spit on you? Oh, he does that from time to time. It's a sign of endearment, I swear. He lacks you.
0: <laughs> your child is the devil.
2: Nephew, actually, he's a he's a sweetheart, I promise. He hasn't left your side in the last week. Nash's
0: head darts up, concerned. A week?
2: Here, let me help you.
0: She leans down to help to help pull him up, but Nash is not yeah, having he can it. Manage. He stands up, she hands him his tattered boots.
2: The name's Luella. I'm a nurse. You give us a bit of a scare.
0: He sits on the bed and painfully puts on his boots.
2: It's gonna take some time for your feet to heal. You walked a long way, so they're pretty raw. The more time you spend off them, the better. Where the hell am I? Amboy. Where? Amboy. That's the name of the town.
0: Nash blankly stares back.
2: You don't remember? Nothing. Why don't you get dressed and meet us outside?
0: She makes her way to the door.
2: I noticed you didn't come with a shirt, so there's a fresh one in the bathroom next to the tails.
0: Interior bathroom moments later. Nash turns the bathroom light on. He catches sight of himself in the mirror. Haggard, tired, looks like he's died twice over. Exactly what a lifetime of booze and drugs would do. He sighs, looks over and sees the shirt. He lifts it up and printed on this shirt. Amboy, the jewel of the Mojave since 1858. A gift shop find. Nash throws it on, two sizes too small. He looks back at his reflection in the mirror. Sad and pathetic. Exterior street day, Nash limps his way out of the house, burning daylight that stings the eyes and a wall of heat hits him immediately. He scans his surroundings, discombobulated as the sweat drips from his skin. As Nash limps further, we see the main strip of a town, a non-working post office, Roy's Motel and Cafe, a gas station, a saloon and a mechanic shop. Most stores have closed signs on them. Some shops are boarded up. In the far distance, there are trailers, small houses, an unkept railway, followed by an empty desert. A few townfolks stop what they are doing and they stare. Luella and Opie wait eagerly for Nash to reach them. As he limps over, he eyes, he eyes Opie, does not trust that kid one bit. Luella he, hands Nash a her bag.
2: Here, just some essentials. Sunscreen, few extra bandages for your feet and water. Uh, gotta stay hydrated.
0: You got any booze? Luella laughs until she realizes he is not kidding. Nash looks around and notices the small crowd starting to form.
2: They're curious, that's all. They've been waiting eagerly for you to wake up. Why? Well, I think you better talk to the sheriff.
1: The sheriff?
2: Yeah, he's waiting for you at the station down the street. Opie can show you where it is.
0: Nash looks down at Opie, who's still grinning from ear to ear. Opie starts walking, and Nash slowly follows. Opie tries to hold Nash's hand, and Nash swats him away. Tries again. Fails. Fails. Interior, police station, day. Nash enters a bleak and lifeless police station. One small holding cell in the corner and three barren desks. It appears crime is scarce in these parts. Hello? No reply. Nash limps past the front desk and explores. He reaches the third desk, notices a stack of newspapers, and on each of the front pages is his strung-out face with the headlines, Rocker Missing After Drug-Fueled Bender. And, finally, he's out of L.A. And, loser missing. Does anyone care? (laughs) <laughs> he throws the papers on the desk, pulls out the chair, and then takes his seat. He takes a long, exhausted sigh and then spots the desk drawer slightly open. He opens it further to find a flask and a porn magazine. A porn magazine from the 1980s, to be exact. He lets out a childlike chuckle, flips open the mag, and throws back the flask. Just as he's about to get comfortable, we hear the cocking of a pistol that's pointing directly to the back of Nash's head. Nash freezes. Sheriff Zinal Vault, 60s Sour-faced, aloof Weathered but wise Stands behind Nash, finger on the trigger He pushes the gun into Nash's head And Sheriff Vault is none too pleased
6: What kind of a man drinks another man's whiskey While looking at another man's
1: dirty? Nash doesn't move A desperate man in withdrawal drinks the whiskey As for the dirty Well, in my defense, I didn't know what it was It's the oldest shit
0: Put down the magazine Hands in the air, slowly turn around Nash does what he's told, they're face-to-face, and Vault points the gun to Nash's forehead. Take a hard look at the weapon. Look familiar? Exterior desert flashback night. A montage. Nash maniacally shooting the gun into the sky. Nash pointing (coughs) the gun at his head in a game of Russian roulette by himself. Nash dropping the gun while pretending to be a cowboy and naked. Interior police station back to present day. Gun now pressed into Nash's skull. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't (laughs) Vault puts away the gun, sizing Nash up You seem to be a bit lost
1: I might have taken a wrong turn at some point or another
0: Vault looks down at the newspapers and back at Nash
1: Tabloids (laughs) You can never trust them. Always over-exaggerating the truth Plus I'm much prettier in person
0: (laughs) Nash extends his hand
1: Your name's Nash Nash Rivers.
0: Vault doesn't move. Nash drops his hand as he eyes the sheriff badge pinned on
1: Vault. And you are Sheriff Zinal Vault? Pleasure to meet you, Sheriff. We've met before. I don't think so.
6: Yeah, we have. Trust me, I'd remember. Yeah, well, that's the problem. I don't trust you. Not one bit. But unfortunately, I now have to deal with you.
0: Legally. How so? vault pulls out a stack of papers when jade bird 30s head turner bonnie parker type storms in angry as fuck you son of a bitch nash turns around to face jade bird instantly liking what he sees oh hell here we go <laughs> nash cracks the rock star charmer toothy grin jade bird jade bird rushes toward nash like a bull in heat vault prematurely winces this is gonna hurt
1: oh hello sweetheart my name is nash in
0: one swift movement jade bird clocks nash square in the nose knocking him out cold Cut two. interior bedroom. Hour later, Nash wakes up in the same twin bed with Opie eagerly hovering, hovering over him. This time, his node is bloodied and bruised. Don't even think about it, kid. Exterior street day. Nash limps out once again. Luella's waiting for him.
2: Yeah, she ain't a
1: big fan of yours. Yeah, no shit, Luella.
0: <laughs> Nash limps toward her. She hands him a tissue for the nose. No
1: idea why, though.
0: Luella gives Nash a confused look. Yeah, where can I find that lovely sheriff of yours?
2: He's at the saloon.
1: Finally. One thing
0: I understand. <laughs> Interior saloon day. A bar out of a western movie with a few patrons scattered throughout. The only real action in this place comes from Vault, who sits at a table pouring himself bourbon. He places the bottle on the top of the same stack of papers from the station. Jade Bird stands behind the bar, still scowling. Nash limps his way in. Have a seat. Nash does as he's told. Hand me another glass, would you? Jade Bird tosses a glass to Vault. Vault. Vault takes the bottle, pours the bourbon, and slides it toward Nash. Take the edge off, kid. Your dainty little hands are shaking like you've just been tasered. Nash says nothing, grabs the glass, and downs the drink in one gulp as if water. Jade Bird scoffs, rolling her eyes.
1: <sighs> so who's uh, Medusa over there? That's Jade Bird. Jade Bird? <laughs> Stupid name. <laughs> it's my daughter. And she's a peach.
0: Nash eyes his empty glass and then and then the bottle of bourbon.
6: Go ahead, pour yourself another. Although I'm pretty sure the dark liquor and a whole lot of bad decisions is what got you in this mess.
0: Nash doesn't seem to beat and gives himself a generous pour.
1: Or some would say that's called having a good time.
0: Down the hatch. He takes a minute to enjoy the booze burn. And
1: what mess are you referring
0: to? Look around. Do you even know where you are? Nash
1: looks down at his shirt, reading it upside down. Amboy, it's a gem, apparently. Vault remains mute. Fine. I'll play. I'm in the desert. I live in Los Angeles. So we're what? In... Joshua Tree There's a few chuckles from the room
0: Jade Bird slams a glass down on the bar You can almost hear her eyes roll
1: Pioneer Town, uh,
0: Vegas Chuckles grow louder Nash shifts in his seat, now uncomfortable We
4: ain't near no Joshua Tree Or any other tourist town We're in the deepest parts of nothing We ain't even on some maps You must have just come across town sign a few miles ago
1: Town sign? The for sale sign For the town That's right So what's this got to do with me? vault, slides the papers over to Nash. Nash flips through
0: and stops on the page with SOLD, written in big, bold red letters. He looks down to see his drunken, chicken-scratch signature at the bottom, and his face grows pale. His eyes dart back up to the sheriff.
6: Looks like you bought the gem of the Mojave
0: Mojave Princess. (laughs) Nash lets out a hearty (laughs) laugh. Uh, That can't be possible. He flips through the papers again, and now Nash's smile drops from his face. There's no way, right? His eyes bounce around the room, nobody's laughing, and Nash looks as if it's dawned on him.
1: Wait, no, wh- what? Exterior
0: Desert Road flashback night. Nash, standing in front of a large billboard Amboy, town for sale. He spray paints sold, bitches, <laughs> across it and he turns to the empty desert, throwing his hands into the air.
1: Victory!
0: <laughs> Interior Saloon back to present day. Nash is now a shade of vampire pale. His, his eyes dart back up to the sheriff who pours himself another drink.
1: When did this happen? Two, three... Days ago? Weeks. Wait, what? what no, no, no. I, I have zero recollection of this. I bet you don't. Why didn't anyone stop me? With the amount of peyote
6: in your system, not even an army could have stopped you. phoning foaming from the mouth like you got rabies or some
1: shit. <laughs> that good, huh? Enough to convince you to buy a goddamn town. Look, I am a musician, a very famous musician at that. I do stupid things all the time, but never this stupid, okay? I live for sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I'm not the business of real estate.
4: From where we sit, you're just the drugs part of that statement.
1: Panic starts to creep
0: in, breath shortening. How did I get here? Suddenly, the bellowing honk of a horn echoes through the streets. Nash leaps from his seat. Everyone except for Vault darts their heads toward the windows and the door of the saloon. Oh, Fuck me. Cut to exterior streets moments later. A beat-up tour bus enters frame. Covered in dust and dirt, tires blown on one side, windows shattered throughout, paint scratched in a massive dent in the front bumper. Moving haphazardly, the bus sputters to the edge of the town's main street. Nash and the other patrons rush out of the bar. The engine smoke seeps through the hood, taking its last breath. Sputter. Cough. Sputter. Dead. Nash limps up to the front of the bus... He's a miniature figure and compared to this obnoxiously ex-large beast. Vault saunters out and stands next to Nash. I assume you're the owner of this monstrosity. <laughs> Interior, exterior, tour bus, desert road, flashback night. Pitch black outside. Nash is illuminated by the bus's neon LED lights and cheap strobe light as rock music blasts through the massive speakers hooked onto the roof. This is a party bus on crack. Montage of images. Nash driving the bus while drowning a bottle of Jack. Nash trashing the back of the bus, Nash doing coke off the dash, Nash breaking the windshield, Nash lighting a sofa on fire, and Nash asleep at the wheel while driving. Exterior street back to present day. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. (laughs) I'm fairly certain it's yours, kid. The tour bus door swings open and out hops Metro, 20s, African American and forever the optimist. He sports a mechanic's jumpsuit. Metro's stoked. He stands triumphantly like he should be given a medal. Told you I'd find it. Metro comes rushing over to Nash and gives him a big bear hug. Nash, while uncomfortable, lets him.
3: Man, you did a number on Buttercup. Buttercup? That's what I named her. Yeah, you could have picked a sexier name. Didn't think she was going to make it running on empty and... Well, look at her. She's seen better days. Uh,
6: Have we met?
3: Yep. Nash, we have. Now you'd remember. You were smoking crack. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, come again? Name's Metro. Uh, Metro... What? Just Metro. <laughs> what do you, share? No,
0: Cher sure will outlive us all. <laughs> Nash likes that moment, but is quick to hide it. You said if I found your bus, you would listen to my demo. Metro pulls out a tape. Nash takes one look at it and laughs. <laughs> what is that? The crowd, including Metro, shifts uncomfortably. What? Well, it's, it's, it's my music. <laughs> what is it on? Is that a tape? How would, how would I listen to that? Nash grabs it, flips it around, and tosses it back to Metro. Metro deflates Expression falls as he stands, crushed
1: I need to get back to L.A. so I can get the keys to. Vault
0: steps in, snapping Metro out of his sadness
6: Metro, let's just move this hunk of metal out of the way Can't do that, Sheriff
3: Buttercup ain't going nowhere This here is our final resting spot until I can get her the parts Fuck
0: that noise Say what now? Metro's unsure of who he is and of who he should respond to
1: first So it's just gonna sit here? Overlooking our town? Afraid so, Sheriff Oh, what? Because she's the sore eye in this hell (laughs) <laughs> he looks to the crowd, sweating profusely,
0: not sure if it's the heat or the withdrawal, probably both. And is
1: anyone not melting?
6: It's 100 degrees. 120 to be exact. Luella to the rescue.
0: Told you, you gotta stay hydrated. <laughs> Nash grabs the water, chugs it, and chucks the empty bottle on the ground. Jane Bird, instantly enraged, picks up the bottle.
3: How long will it take to revive Buttercup? We'll I have to do a bit of research on this particular type of machine, but from what I gather, it could take at least three or four weeks. Maybe two months? Two months? No, 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 no. wait. I,
1: I need to get back to L.A. I have, I have an album. I have fans. I have a tour coming up, that people. That
4: still happening?
1: Nash hears her and flips her the finger.
4: You got money for them parts? It ain't cheap, so who's gonna pay to get Buttercup fixed?
0: Nash, while annoyed at Jade Bird, can't help but notice her beautiful skin glistening in the sun. He catches himself. I will get the money. How? Nash starts to panic. I've lost my cell phone. Does anyone have a cell
6: phone that I can use? a desert, son. No reception. No point of having a cellular device. More problems than they're worth, y'all ask me. Nash flounders like a fish gasping for
1: water. Fine! Uh, What about the other type of phone? You know, the one that's bigger. The one I had when I was a kid. Black. (laughs) You mean a landline? Yes! That.
6: Got
0: one at the station. (laughs) The town watches as Nash stomps slash limps his way to the station. Jade Bird walks up to Metro, who stands dejected.
4: Don't sweat it, Metro. He's just figuring it all out. There's a reason he was out here on his own.
0: Everyone go home. I'll handle this. The crowd thins out. Cut two. Interior Police Station Day. Nash bolts into the station, vault right behind him.
6: Use some nerve coming back and disrupting our lives. Metro. That boy looks up to you. No idea why, but he does. Spent all your week trying to find that bus of, of yours, and all he wanted in return was for you to listen to his music, which you promised him...
0: You would, by the way. Nash, ignoring Vault, picks up an old rotary phone. It's like I've stepped back in time. He hits the receiver a few times. No dial tone. It doesn't work. I wonder why that is. (laughs) Interior, exterior, tour bus, street. Flashback, night. Nash, asleep at the wheel, smoking a blunt. The blunt falls out of his mouth onto his crotch, immediately burning him awake just in time to witness the bus plowing into a telephone pole, knocking it down. Interior police station back to present, day, Nash puts down the phone. I have no idea. <laughs> Nash looks down at the newspapers with his mug plastered all over them. He picks one up, looks at the print date, and then at the calendar on the wall.
1: These newspapers are three weeks old.
6: Quick on the uptake, I see. <laughs> S- so I've been out for three weeks? Nah, you were wide awake for two of
1: those weeks. I don't remember any of that. I, I don't even remember getting here. Yeah, maybe don't do drugs. Don't be preposterous. <laughs> quit drinking? Well, now you're just being rude. (laughs) They both look at
0: the newspaper. The sadness crosses Nash's face again and Vault notices. I
1: went on a blackout bender and bought a town. Yep. This can't be legal. You can't just bend over a whole town to, or send over, hand over a whole town to a drugged out person. Apparently you can
6: if said drugged out person has a million dollars. A million What? Nash is about to shit his pants. I'm so How much did you say this town was worth? (laughs) i never said worth, kid. The asking price was a million bucks. Nash just shat his pants. Sweet baby G. A a fucking million dollars? How? What? Fuck? How? What? Yep. So, not only are you a druggie and a drunk, you're also stupid. (laughs) Vault tosses the paperwork to Nash. But it can't be a crazy surprise, right? You had the money, seeing as you were a big rock star and all. Nash, Dick firmly recoiled between his ass cheeks. I must say, you have a great team looking out for you. Nothing but your best interest at heart,
0: <laughs> clearly. Nash rifles through the paperwork.
1: My blood-sucking businessman—he signed off on this. How did I even reach him? You disappeared for a day or two. Came back,
6: and the papers were signed. The money was wired. Look, I said, you surrounded yourself with some savvy business. Folks. I get it. <laughs> How far is the nearest working phone? Closest pay phone is on the road, is on the road to town off of Ludlow, a few hours north of here. Can
1: you take me there?
6: <laughs> Going to do a supply run in the next few days. You're welcome to join. A few days?
1: Okay, I don't have a few days. I need to get back to L.A. So go. Ain't nobody stopping you. My means of transportation is currently deceased, as you know.
0: Well, ain't that a bitch. (laughs) Vault pulls out a flask from his drawer and takes a swig. My
1: fans! My fans! They must be so worried about me.
0: Vault slides the newspapers over to him. Doubtful. You're no Johnny Cash. Nash does not like that comment.
1: Yeah, and you're the Kevin costner white herb, not the Kurt russell white (laughs) herb.
0: Vault most definitely does not like that comment. Hand me one of those newspapers, would you? Nash tosses him one and picks up the other two. Nash starts to flip through the first... Vault gets up from his seat and heads to the back of the station. Nash follows, reading.
1: Nash Rivers, lead singer of rock band River Phoenix, has been missing for over 48 hours. Last being seen, escorted out of the Chateau Marmont and later going face-to-face with his former label exec, Lou Silvers, at the Rainbow Room... It is sad that Mr. Silvers dropped Waters hours before the altercation occurred. The argument escalated to the point that was the disgraced musician was physically tossed out of one of the most iconic music venues on the Sunset Strip. Exterior, Rainbow Room,
0: flashback night. Nash sucker punches Lou Silvers, 50s, music douche, just as security grabs him. Lou backs up, but he can taste the blood on his lip. That's it, Rivers. We're done. You're never working in this fucking town again paparazzi flashing their cameras, fans screaming. Suck my dick, Lou. What dick, Rivers? From what I hear, it's the size of my pinky. At least that's what your ex-wife said last night. Nash escapes the grips of security and manically rushes towards Lou, body checking him into the bushes. Interior police station back to present day. Nash tosses the newspaper to the floor.
1: Like I said, these tabloids are misleading.
6: Besides, these are old. Where's the latest papers? These are the latest papers. Mail don't come to these parts. We have to drive out to a P.O. box a few hours. What about your computer? Can I check online? We have one computer here at the station, the other's at Roy's Cafe, but both are dial-up and dial-ups connected
0: to the phone lines, so you're shit out of luck. Vault swings open the bathroom door and leaves it open. Speaking of shit. (laughs) News flips... Nash flips through the second newspaper and is too
1: overwhelmed and self-absorbed to notice nor care about Vault. These papers are making me out to be a washed-up loser. Nobody is coming to my defense. Vault unbuckles his pants. And uh, and I end up here.
0: Wherever the fuck here is. Vault takes a seat in the toilet and Nash frantically flips through the paper. I
1: mean, are we part of the California Gold Rush? Or perhaps we're going to play a rousing game of cowboys and Indians? Vault takes
0: a shit. Nash, completely oblivious... Vault turns to grab toilet paper, but realizes the roll's empty. This is 2018. I live in Hollywood, for Christ's sakes. Do you even know where that is? Nash looks up to Vault, finally realizing he's (laughs) balls-deep shitting on the shitter. Vault rips the front cover off the newspaper, crumples Nash's face into a wad, and wipes. Nash blinks a few times in silence, soaking this whole situation in, until...
1: One, that is utterly disgusting. And two, I feel I may have had that coming. Are you done being a little bitch? You tricked me into buying this place, didn't you? Now, why would I do that? Because look around. There is nothing here. Bald is losing his patience. Still on the
6: shitter. This nothing is my home. I've lived here my whole darn life. My pops was the sheriff of Amboy, and my granddaddy before that.
1: Well, that's just pathetic. (laughs) <laughs> because look around What crime can possibly happen out here? It's like you're playing lawman in a play town Nothing seems real here
0: Vault nonchalantly pulls out his pistol Points it at Nash and pulls the trigger Bang! Nash stands frozen Somewhere in between withdrawal, shock, and fear He looks down to his arm as blood trickles down Seems pretty real to me <laughs> This takes a second
1: Did you just shoot me?
6: Yep.
0: (laughs) This takes an even longer second.
6: You fucking
0: shot me while you were
6: shitting? (laughs) Calm down. The bullet grazed you. If I shot you, you wouldn't be standing there screaming like a banshee.
0: This is attempted
6: murder. You tried to fucking kill me.
0: Vault stands, pulls his pants up, and flushes the toilet. Now you're just being dramatic. Man up, would you? (laughs) He tosses Nash the remainders of the newspapers. Cut to Interior Medical Day. Nash sits up on the patient table while Luella bandages him up. And by bandage, we mean she's literally putting on a band-aid. Opie sits quietly, still smiling, staring at Nash.
1: Attempted murder. He tried to kill me while taking a shit. That's some next-level psychopath savagery. Wait till I get back to L.A. going to sue him and this bullshit town.
2: Wouldn't that mean you're actually suing yourself?
0: Nash glares at Luella. Seeing that you you bought the tiles. Yeah, I understand.
1: Thanks, Luella. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) She places an extra band on his arm just for good measure.
2: Oh there. All done. I can give you some for the pain if you like.
1: Vicodin?
0: Luella shakes her head. No.
1: Percocet. Oxy.
2: What? No, I was gonna say aspirin.
1: <laughs> Child's play. You need to give me a horse tranquilizer at this point.
2: <laughs> you know, buying amboy ain't so bad. It could have been a lot worse. You could have been on bath salts and eat someone's face.
0: That's a little dark, Luella. Yeah.
1: I guess there's that.
0: <laughs> Nash locks eyes with Opie, who perks up immediately over the attention.
1: Okay, what's with Minnie Linda Blair over there?
3: <laughs>
0: Opie? What about him?
1: He's a mute, tongue cut out from some desert demon ritual. What?
0: Opie sticks out his tongue, proving he's still got it. Nash genuinely smiles. His parents
2: left town when he was four, leaving him here. Found him sitting in front of the TV when I went to pick him up for Sunday service. Hasn't spoken since.
1: You have a church in this town.
2: We do. You should visit it.
1: If I, step out, if I step foot in the hole, I might very well burst into flames.
0: <laughs> Maybe the Lord is what you need. Nash jumps off the table.
1: Maybe, but the devil does that cool thing with her tongue.
0: <laughs> Nash turns to Opie.
1: Family abandonment, huh? Don't sweat it, kid. I'm the mayor of that town, among others.
0: Nash gives Luella a big kiss on her cheek.
1: Thanks for stitching me out, Luella. As much as this day has been a clusterfuck of new information, I'm gonna go get to that payphone, call my manager, and sell this town.
0: <laughs> he makes his way to the door...
2: I have a feeling that's going to be tough.
1: Oh? Why's that?
2: Well, the town has been for sale for almost ten years. We were going into foreclosure. That is, until you came along.
0: Nash stands back, stunned.
1: Come again?
2: We're kind of the last... No
1: shit. It's Westworld, but broken without the cool sci-fi shit.
2: (laughs) I don't know what that means. Uh,
1: Never mind. Continue.
2: Right. Well, most of the folks moved on. The ones remaining have lived here their whole lives. We moved here to have a more peaceful existence, but we don't have enough money and manpower to keep the town running. Originally a salt mining town, and a while back we thrived off of tourists. And the gas station at Roy's Cafe is the only one for miles, but even that's so down. So in a lot of ways, you've saved us.
0: Nash stares back at Luella's warm, kind face, until... Dear fucking God, I bought a ghost town. <laughs> Cut to exterior street dusk. Town is winding down for the night. All is calm. The only remaining sense of life comes from the flickering neon sign of Roy's motel and cafe. Nash limps over. Luella and Opie follow. Nash stops for a second, adjusting his shoes, still in pain. Opie takes this opportunity to rush over and grab Nash's hand. And this time, Nash lets him. Yeah, don't get used to this kid. Opie spits at Nash and grips his hand even tighter. Interior of Roy's cafe dusk. The bell dangling from the door chimes as he stumbles through. Nash scans the room. A nostalgic diner with charm. Nothing has changed since it opened in 1858. Attached to the cafe is a gift shop full of Amboy Tatachis, all of which have a layer of dusk, untouched for years. Luel and Opie take a seat in a nearby booth with Metro. Metro and Nash lock eyes. Metro quickly turns away, shifting uncomfortably. The room can sense the tension between them. Nash limps over to the counter and takes a seat, noticing Vault and Jade Bird having dinner in a booth. Well, if it isn't vigilante, law dog... Hope Luella didn't have to amputate the arm. She was able to save it. The kitchen door swings open and out walks Dolly. 17. Cookie cutter cutter caricature plucked out of a theme park. The image of youth and innocence. It's fucking annoying. (laughs) An instant smile breaks across her face when she spots Nash.
4: Gosh, Don Golly, you're finally awake. (laughs)
1: Let me guess. Your name is Nell.
4: (laughs) Dolly, sir. Name's Dolly. I heard you're the new owner and a famous celebrity from the big city.
1: Nash is loving the attention. Indeed I am. Uh, If you had cell phones in this town, I would take a photo with you for the gram. Selfie.
4: Gram? What's Graham? gram?
1: Instagram. Dolly blinks, Clueless. Selfie? How old are you?
4: Just turned 17, sir.
1: You might be the only 17-year-old in America that doesn't know what a selfie is. And Dolly, darling, I hope you stay like that forever. Nash winks, Dolly blushes, and Jade Bird shoots daggers.
0: Vaults. I hate that boy. <laughs> Dolly leans into the counter, giggles and twirls her hair. The only way a 17-year-old would know how to flirt. It's pretty awkward.
4: What's it like in the big city? How are the folks?:
0: Nash doesn't have the heart.
1: L.A., uh, everyone is genuine, truthful, and naturally beautiful. Nothing hmm. unauthentic about that town.
4: Just like I imagined. <laughs> Can I get you anything?
1: Yep, I'll have a, uh, a kale salad with an acai bowl and an uh, avocado toast, please. The room is quiet for a beat. A double bourbon on the rocks.
3: <laughs> I'll take the same, darling. <laughs> Nash swings around and
0: size with Ziggy. 80s, bubblegum pink hair, held with hairspray strong enough to build an eagle's nest. She wears massive Coke bottle glasses without any lenses and a malting fur coat. She holds a Mary Poppins luggage-sized purse. Ziggy takes a seat next to
3: Nash. She might as well be a blow-up doll, that one. Not much going on in that hers. <laughs>
1: you know her well?
3: No, she's my granddaughter. The name's Ziggy.
1: Nash Rivers. Ziggy, huh? Like Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy, ri- Ziggy
0: rifles through her. Never-ending person pulls out a fat blunt. Where do you think he got the name from? Sweet cheeks. <laughs> Ziggy lights up, takes a long drag, and blows. She passes the blunt to Nash. He takes a drag and hands it back to her. Vault isn't happy, but he lets it slide.
1: Pick your battles. Ziggy, you minx. You might be the single most interesting human in this town no shit (laughs) Dolly places the bourbons on the bar Ziggy and
0: Nash salute and down the drinks Nash liquid courage up at this point turns to the diner
1: so what am I getting
0: Nash turns directly to Vault
1: I own this shithole right
0: prices right me bitches (laughs) Vault pulls out the stack of papers once again and chucks it at Nash 690 acres
6: gas station with four working pumps church with altar organ and pews Repair shop, abandoned motel, abandoned school, fire station but no firemen or fire trucks, double-wide trailers and homes for the town folk, population 50, non-working railway, working cafe, saloon, medical, a police station, and a hangar. Hanger? Yep, an old hair hangar.
1: Right, in case we're under siege. You don't seem to care about this newfound responsibility, do you? Why would I? Amboy, my own personal empire of dirt Johnny Cash You know, years ago I wrote a country album But the record label felt it wasn't very on-brand I personally think it was my best work And Cash is my favorite musician
3: Hmm, it's our sheriff's favorite too Look at that Look
1: at that indeed Does that mean that you're the Sundance to my Butch Cassidy, Mr. Law Dog? Vault pulls out his pistol once again I'll shoot you for real this time
0: Nash swings back to Ziggy
1: Yeah,
3: he don't like you much
0: (laughs) Dolly pours Nash another drink, starting at him like, staring at him like a devoted puppy. Ziggy hey. slides her glass toward Dolly.
3: <clears throat> hey, Cinderella, I birthed your mama. Pour me another.
0: <laughs> Dolly fills up Ziggy's glass while Nash downs the bourbon in one gulp. The mixture of heat and dark liquor is starting to show. Nash swivels back to the group.
1: So I own everything. Like, everything in this piece of shit wasteland. Which means you now report to me.
6: You may own this town, but you don't own us.
0: Nash turns to Dolly, handing her his glass. This time, make it a big girl pour. Mm, Me too. Me too. Vault heads behind the counter and stops Dolly from pouring the drinks. He reaches under the counter and pulls out a flashlight and bottle of water. Dolly, hand me a few quarters from the register, would you? Dolly pulls out a few quarters and places them next to the flashlight and water. Vault slides the items towards Nash. You know where the door is, son. Nash, shocked. Is he really letting him go out there? Just keep
6: walking towards the moon on the main strip of road. You'll eventually find that payphone you so desperately seek.
0: Call your friends to get you out of this empire of dirt. Nash turns to the rest of the bar. Nobody saying nothing. Prideful, Nash grabs the items.
1: You know what? I'll be fine. Because I'm always goddamn fine. Come tomorrow morning, this will all be sorted out, and I'll be out of everyone's life. That's what you want, right? He scans the room. Again,
0: nobody says nothing. He stares at Jade Bird, and she, too, says nothing, which hurts Nash the most. Chided by the group, Nash is now anything but fine. He's drunk. Nash storms toward the door, gives Vault one last look, a look a son would do to a father. When he doesn't receive the reaction he wants...
1: I'll send someone for a buttercup.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nash exits. Opie, upset, jumps up and tries to run after him, but is stopped by Luella. The The room grows quiet as Luella looks to Vault, disappointed. Dolly! Feed me (laughs) (laughs) Exterior edge of town, dusk Nash takes one last look at the town He heads on his way down a stretch of dirt road Following the moon Cut to exterior Roy's cafe Time lapse, time lapse Dusk to night, later The neon sign of Roy's cafe blinks against the moonlit sky Cut to interior Roy's cafe, night Jade Bird stares out the window, nervous
2: It's been a few
3: hours There ain't no way he's gonna get to that payphone by foot Good I'm rooting for his death <laughs> The room reacts as Vault takes a sip of his bourbon I know y'all don't want to hear it But despite being one major prick Nash Rivers is a big deal Just because we live all the way out here And bumfuck nowhere don't mean I don't got big dreams Hell, if I had 5% of the su- su- success he's had I'd be happy Mean guitarist too But he hasn't played in years Why not? Why not what?
4: Play the guitar no more
3: Not sure Thing is, uh Thing think it has something to do with his pops Anyway, he ain't as washed up as they're making him out to be. Who
0: even
4: cares at this point?
0: Vault takes another sip of bourbon, eyeing his daughter. Why you looking if you don't care?
4: What? I can't look out the window?
0: You think he's just gonna
3: ride back into town on a white horse? No, I don't, Pops. You kinda do seem like you care.
4: Shut it, Metro. You're the one that's obsessed with him.
3: Uh, I'm low-key obsessed. (laughs) There's a difference. Besides, it's for his work, not his body, Jade Bird. Ziggy, in the background, lights up a blunt and takes a puff. I would tap that. <laughs> <laughs> the group laughs,
0: all except Jade Bird.
3: Ziggy, please. What? Loosen your bra straps to Jade Bird. Your pops is right. We've all raised you in this town, so we know. You've never looked out a window for nobody. You're worried about him.
4: Just trying to protect our town.
3: Oh. How'd you suppose you do that? He's rotten in the valley.
4: What do you think, Pops?
6: I ain't about to get up... I ain't about to get up from this seat to get stubborn... To get that stubborn ass. He needs to learn. Actions have consequences. Plus, you're the one that found him the first time.
4: If he ain't remembering spending a million dollars, he ain't remembering he died for two minutes.
6: Probably not. But you're the reason that boy... That boy's back from the other side.
4: He didn't even know he bought Amboy. Could have just sent him on his way, and it would have taken him ages to put it all together. By that time, we could have come up with another plan to save us.
3: What other plan... We were about to be kicked out of our homes before he came along. Jade Bird looks to vault. I hate that fucking boy. (laughs) If he dies, it might raise a few red flags, but what does an old Betty like me know? (laughs) Plus, someone's gonna come looking for him. Eventually.
0: So
4: you're saying I should get him?
0: Jade Bird looks to the rest of the cafe for confirmation, even though we all know.
4: Fine, I'll go get the moron.
0: Jade Bird bolts out the door. Vault and Luella watch as Jade Bird turns the corner. Moments later, she emerges with a majestic white horse. She mounts the stallion and takes off toward the moon.
2: Unless the water floods the desert, he
3: ain't surviving this town.
0: It Apparently already has. Meanwhile, in the cafe...
6: Did
3: you see that boy's arms? Those veins popping through that t-shirt? Hot damn! Popping out like every man in Platoon.
0: (laughs) Ziggy takes another toke.
3: Imagine how his ding looks like. The vainer the better, I say. (laughs) Metro grabs the weed out of her hands. Okay, Grandma, chill out. Back off. It's for my glaucoma. (laughs) She she reaches for it, but he refuses to give it back. Cool. It's for mine as well.
0: (laughs) Exterior desert road night. Jade Bird and her horse trot down the dirt road. She holds a large industrial flashlight. Suddenly, she pulls the reins and the horse stops. There, in the middle of the road, is another empty water bottle. She dismounts, infuriated, picks it up. She crushes it with her hand. Like a bloodhound, she knows. The fucker is close. Jade Bird then looks up, squints, and in the distance, she sees a faint, flickering light. She mounts back and rides toward it. Exterior, desert road, further, night. Jade Bird and her horse trot toward Nash. He smacks a dying flashlight. He's sickly pale, sweat seeping through his clothing and bloodied feet, bare on the sand. His tattered boots dangle around his neck. Jade Bird stops him a good distance behind... Jade Bird stops a good distance behind Nash, and she flashes the light on him like a cop to a perp. I'm close. No, you ain't, not by foot. Nash swings around, and Jade Bird gasps. Nash has a sickly, nauseated look on his face, along with blisters from the sun. He might as well be a corpse.
4: Guess you didn't use the sunscreen.
0: Nash, cracked lips and close to passing out, faces Jade Bird and her majestic beast.
1: Is this a mirage?
4: <laughs> nope.
0: You look like hell. He starts to walk back toward Jade Bird. The rate he's moving, they'll be here forever. Jade Bird meets her halfway.
1: A different kind of chariot, I suppose. Does this beast have a name?
4: His name's Deer Tick. Nash, you don't look so good.
1: I'm fine. I'm close.
0: No, you
4: ain't.
1: Yes, I am. She points behind
0: her. Nash looks past the horse and realizes he can still see the neon light from Roy's.
4: <laughs> it's been over two hours and you're still in walking distance from town. No. I'm just impressed you're not dead yet. Or at least, again.
1: Wait, I died?
0: Jade Bird ignores him and extends her arm.
4: Well, you coming? <laughs>
1: what? On that? Too big for you? Hardly. I'm, I'm just saying, shouldn't it be the other way around?
4: You know how to ride?
1: horse <laughs> jade bird hops off
4: saddle up he's all yours
0: nash is in no shape or form to do this but ego trumps dehydration slash death so he attempts numerous times to launch himself on this horse failing every time after his fourth attempt nash turns back to jade bird
4: so you thought just because you're a man you should be the one riding the horse
0: nash's dick Yep, once again recoiled into his ass cheeks. Jade Bird hops back onto Deer Tick, elegant and seamless. She extends her hand to Nash.
4: You ready to make that phone call?
0: Exterior, Desert Road, even further at night. They've been riding for what feels like hours. Finally, they see it, a single payphone at the side of the road, lit by a single lamppost.
1: That's not terrifying at all. <laughs> all we need is an axe
4: murder to jump out of the darkness. Do you want that phone call or not? Nash hops off and limps
0: his way to the phone. He picks up the phone and throws in a quarter... He's about to dial, but freezes. A blank stare washes over his face. All is silent for a few seconds until.
4: You forgot the number, didn't
0: you? Nash takes a deep, long sigh and calmly hangs up the phone. Even though he wants to smash it into a million pieces, he turns to Jade. Bird. Are
4: you shitting me?
1: Who remembers phone numbers anymore? He starts to limp
0: back to Deer Tick when it dawns on him.
1: Wait! What?
0: Nash excitedly unbuckles his pants. What do you think you're doing? Nash pulls out his pants, exposing, well, everything. Jade Bird's eyes widen and covers her ears. Ah,
4: oh, do you not have any underpants on? Who wears underwear? Everyone! <laughs> cover yourself up!
0: Nash turns around. Can, can you read me the number?
4: What number?
0: Just look! Jade Bird looks. Jade Bird slowly opens her eyes, staring at his bare ass. On that bare ass, a phone number tattooed on the left cheek. Backwards.
4: With numbers backwards. I know. Why?
1: So I can read it in the mirror.
4: <laughs> Why wouldn't you just tattoo it on your arm, then?
1: Uh, logic doesn't exactly jive with cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Nash walks back to the phone, throws
0: in another quarter.
1: Please, can you read the number?
4: Three one zero two four three eight nine six zero.
0: As he dials, Jade Bird stares at his firm butt, not hating what she sees. Nash waits a few seconds, then hangs up. He pulls his pants and back to pulls his pants up and walks back to Jade Bird.
4: What now?
1: Now we
4: wait. For what?
1: For a callback. Who'd you call? Dusty. My drummer and best friend, he has a special pager for me in case I get arrested or something worse, like buying a ghost town.
4: Who has a pager?
1: Says the woman who lives in the poor man's Clint Eastwood movie.
0: The phone rings. Bingo! Nash rushes over and picks up the phone. On the other side, interior LA mansion night, is Dusty, 30, a skinny, long-haired, dirtbag version of Nash. He's shirtless, pacing back and forth, smoking weed.
3: Nash, dude. Nash. Dude, where the fuck are you? Intercut phone call.
1: Oh, you know, just out for a leisurely stroll.
3: You've been M.I.A. for three weeks. Everyone's freaking out, man. Even your pops called. What? He did? Yeah, man. We all thought you fucking died. Your manager, the fucking lawyer. Nobody's returning my calls. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Oh, and some motherfucker stole our tour bus. What? Huh. Uh, no, Buttercup. Buttercup? <laughs> Never mind. But the label wanted the bus back, and then we couldn't find it. <laughs> shit hit the fan. They're pissed, man. They're pissed? Fuck them. They they care about a bus? They don't give a shit about the fact that I'm missing? Actually, they're they're really stoked that you're gone. It's kind of messed up. It's... Since everyone thinks you're dead, our record sales are through the roof. (laughs) What? Yeah. We made more money in the three weeks that you've been missing than we have in years. Fuck me. Really? No joke. I'm stoked you didn't know, Dee, but you should probably stay wherever the fuck you're at for a bit longer. The ride is high. We're really making
1: money. Like a shit ton.
0: (laughs) Nash thinks about it.
1: Look, I need you to go to my manager's door, knock on that damn door until he opens it, and make sure he calls me at this number, okay? I'll try. Look, I'll be back at this phone in two days, 4 p.m. Make sure he calls, Dusty. Right on. And, Dusty, don't tell anyone that you spoke to me. Not yet. Only my manager.
3: Why would I? We're making bank. Hashtag, we're in Nash. Hashtag, bring some home. Hashtag, (laughs) prayers for Nash. I I have my own hashtags? (laughs) Hell yeah. Shit.
1: (laughs) Two days, 4 p.m., cool? Cool.
0: Nash hangs up the phone and walks back to Jade Bird.
4: Well, you leaving a what?
0: Nash stands, conflicted, unsure about everything. Cut to exterior desert road back to town night. Nash, Jade Bird, and Deer
1: Tick trot down the road. So, why no car?
4: When the town started losing money, most of us sold our vehicles for parts. Only a few, de- few of the folks in town have trucks, so...
0: The wheels turn to Nash's head.
4: Nothing tough enough to handle long drives before you ask for a trip into the big city.
0: Nash smiles. She's figured him out, and he kind of likes it. Riding, Nash stares out into the vast darkness. The warm desert air finally feels good on his skin.
1: Why you chose to live here is beyond my comprehension. Don't you just want more?
4: What's more to you?
1: Bigger, better, a city, maybe a technicolor life instead of a tan, yellow palette. Jade Bird smirks.
4: Nash Rivers, your life don't seem so glamorous. You're out here with me, right? Plus, you don't know me.
1: And you don't know me.
4: Never said I did, but I do know one thing. What's that? I don't trust you one bit.
1: Father like daughter. I see. Well, as a general rule, I don't trust anything that bleeds for five to seven days and survives every month, but here we are.
0: Nash finishes gulping down the rest of the water and tosses the bottle on the ground. Enough! Jadebird slams on the horse brakes. Deer Tick bucks up. Jadebird holds hard under the reins as Nash goes flying. He slams his face into the dirt again. What
1: is up with you in my nose?
0: Stop
4: tossing them plastic bottles on the ground. City slickers like you coming into the desert thinking that you can just pollute our ground. There's a reason this desert is untouched.
0: She chucks the bottle at Nash. Jadebird poses a steely core, tougher than Nash thought, and he digs it.
4: Okay, okay, I get
1: it. Sorry.
0: Jadebird pulls Nash up onto the horse.
1: Deer Tick is a prick.
0: <laughs> Jade Bird smiles earnestly. Exterior horse, desert road, later, night. Jade Bird, Nash, and Deer Tick ride in silence. Nash soaking all of it in.
1: How do you handle it?
4: The heat? Oh, you just adjust.
1: No, not the heat, the the silence. There isn't a single noise out here. I'm used to all the loud time, the traffic, the neighbors, the music. It's never quiet. Not even in my head. Now it's as if I've gone deaf.
4: Sounds like the quiet is exactly what you need.
1: Her words
0: drift into the silence. Their trotting carriage passes the billboard reading, Amboy, town for sale, and the red, sold bitches smack dab across it. The only difference is now. The local townies have spray-painted, dumbass, good luck loser, and various lewd gestures across the sign. Nash's nauseous head follows it as they trot by. Jade Bird, facing forward, smiles. She can feel his body stiffen and his kill-me-now expression burning a hole in the back of her head and she's enjoying every minute of it. She finally relents.
4: Look at it this way. This is probably not the dumbest thing you're ever going to do.
0: Despite his crisis, Nash's grip tightens around Jade Bird, and she lets it happen. Exterior, buttercup night. Deer Trick <laughs> comes to a stop in front of the bus. The town is quiet.
1: What time
4: is it? 9 p.m.
1: A little early to be calling it a night, don't you think?
4: We have early morning yoga classes. Really? No.
1: <laughs> Nash drapes languidly off
0: of Deer Tick's ass. He turns to Jade Bird with the gross rocker smolder look. Well then, I don't suppose you'd be interested. Not
4: in... even sorta.
0: Of. Pushing his luck. But what if we just... Jade had... Bird pulls out her own Westchester pistol. No idea where she was hiding that.
4: I will shoot and roll you into a shallow hole. Everyone already thinks you're dead, right?
0: Hard to get. Yep. He backs away from the horse. See you tomorrow. Sure. If the rattlesnake don't get you first. His smile gone. S- snake? What's snake? Jade Bird pulls on a deer, pulls on deer ticks rope and rides off, leaving Nash in the dust. <laughs>
1: You're screwing with me, right? I hate
0: snakes. Kicking the dead air like a little, kicking the dead air like a little puss. He sucks it up and enters the bus. Interior Buttercup Night. Nash slowly walks up the steps. Paranoid. He hesitantly inches further in. No longer the cool, suave rocker. He flips over a blanket with his foot and jumps back instantly. He spots a drumstick on the table and grips it like a weapon. He uses his stick to flip over a few other items pillows, open cabinets, etc. His paranoia calms when he spots a guitar guitar case sticking out from under the bed. He lights up, rushes over, and pulls it out. Nash throws the case onto the bed and flips it open. There not only lies the most beautiful vintage electric guitar, but over two dozen mini booze bottles, mini bags of Coke, pills, and stacks of $100 bills. He lets out a why-am-I-not-surprised chuckle. Priorities, of course. He grabs a few, other, few of the mini-bottles, closes the case, and slides it back onto the bed. He heads to the main table and takes a seat. Shamelessly content with himself, he opens the first bottle and downs it in one gulp. About to open the second when he spots one of the newspapers sitting on the table. He leans in to see a note written on the cover beside, the, beside his drunken, strung-out face. In case you need a bedtime story. He laughs. <laughs> Assholes. Nash reaches for the paper when suddenly... He hears a rattle. His dick, one more time, recoils into his ass crack. Nash takes the drumstick and slowly reaches toward the newspaper. Please, no, please, 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 please. He flips the paper over and sure enough, sits the fucking rattlesnake, full-blown raging. Nash screams like a prepubescent boy. He falls backward, trips over pretty much everything a few times, frantically trying to escape. He looks up and spots the emergency roof exit. Nash jumps on a chair, pops up the hatch, and pulls himself up. Exterior, roof of buttercup seconds later. "'Nash leaps up and slams the hatch shut. "'He squirms and screams in disgust "'when he finally calms down and looks over his town. "'He lets out his pent-up emotion. "'Screw you! Screw all of you, people!' "'His voice echoes off the mountains. "'He hears a few chuckles in the distance "'as one by one the lights in the town go out, "'leaving it lit only by moonlight. "'Nash lays on his back in defeat. "'He pulls out two more bottles from his pocket "'and downs them. "'He stares up at the beautifully perfect clear sky "'with thousands of shining bright stars.' a view he's never seen before. He takes a moment to soak it in. Nash faintly smiles. This ain't so bad, right? Until he remembers the horror dawning on him, his faint smile gone. This idiot bought a ghost town for a million dollars.
1: I am so fucked.
0: As Nash stares blankly into the sky, Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash plays until we fade out to the credits. End. Right, it's great job. So the question is right now, do we need a break or should we yeah, charge? Yeah, let's take a five. We're going to take five, and we'll be right back with the brilliant Sabrina Bessel to talk all about this pilot. So stay tuned, guys. <laughs> all right, folks, we are back in the Unproduced Table Read. We just read Amboy, written by Sabrina. Sabrina, thank you for letting us read this on air. Thank you for having
5: me.
0: You're welcome. Such a fun script. Um, I think the first thing I want to talk about is, at the top, we learn that this is loosely based on a true story. Keep it as vague as you want, but I'd love to hear some details about your your knowledge of Amboy. It's a real town. Yes, it is yeah. a real town,
5: yeah. Um, many years ago, one of my dear friends um, told me that he bought, like 20 years ago, he bought a ghost town. Uh-huh. He bought Amboy. Wow. And... I didn't understand that. I was just like, "How does one buy a <laughs> town and for how much?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as I did more research, I realized that like there throughout America there are ghost towns for sale. And back then, you could buy it on eBay. You could just called the number, and oh, wow. so it was just a whole world that I did not understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then on my thirtieth birthday, uh, my best friend and I we went to uh, the Mojave Desert, like Pioneer Town, Joshua Tree, mm-hmm. to chill for a couple of days and i was like well i want to go see this i want to see what amboy's all about and so it was a couple hours out and it really was there's nothing i don't know <laughs> if you guys have ever heard of it but like it's off of route 66 and back then it was like a working town there was a school there was a hotel it was the only gas station and it still is for for miles between i believe it's colorado and california wow mm. and so it really is used, was used, and was like, and became a lot of musicians would come through, and like every year was a bunch, like they had a biker event out there, and they still kind of do occasionally, but because it's so well known as like the weird ghost town, <laughs> they keep it as is. Mm. And I'm always fascinated about how they preserve towns like that, mm-hmm. yeah. and why would anybody In buy way. it? And uh, like, as and again, more research as I did, like people buy towns because the, it's the appeal that they're the government. Its mm-hmm. appeal that they want to preserve something that could be taken down, mm. and so it's all and like and it's the weirdest people. And so now, Amboy <laughs> itself is the gas station still works. Roy's Diner is just the station now. The motel is still like there, but now it's an art installation. Wow! Mm-hmm. And you just start to see some weird dudes coming through, and it's yes. like uh, like 120 degrees. Like I, we walked out, and I was wearing sandals, and they melted, and <gasps> wow. it was just wow. and to get there from the rest of like the tourist attractions. It's like you better have a full tank of gas. Yeah. And because if you don't, it's just like there's just I don't you would die. Like there is wow. no way of Jesus. saving you. Oh wow. And, and there's was, no cell uh, phones. So no, it's like, like, the like whole that. Thing. And funny enough, when we did that, my my friend Tommy, he was like, at first he was like, We we'll be fine with the gas. And I'm thinking nothing of it. I'm like, okay. And then halfway through, I'm looking at his face, I'm like, don't tell me. He's like, how long did it say that it would be? Because their GPS stopped working. Oh whoa! And so halfway wow. through, we're running like like slowly on MD and I'm looking and I'm like, "Dude, don't don't mess with me right now." He's just like, "We're fine, we're fine," <sighs> and by the time we made it, but then of course. We look at how much the gas is. They were like, great. Uh, over $100 to just fill up, like, not even half the tank. Wow. Because they can. Because they can yeah. charge it. Because what are you going to do? It's yeah. like 8 bucks
0: a gallon or something. It's something like that,
5: yeah. Wow. Oh,
4: what Do people buy them? Uh, do you make money from buying a town? Like no.
5: That, no. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, not get that I know yeah. of. I mean, my friend in particular d- did it for, like, he, he used it as a backdrop for his work. And also, it was, th- it was the time that was fun. You know, mm-hmm. it was like his buddies. It was like a play town. It's a town for misfits. And I think a lot of people buy. And the prices range. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be a million dollars. It could be less. It could be more, depending on where it is. And Amboy is just a weirdly iconic mm-hmm. spot. Right. Mm-hmm. Just how close it is to California. but mm-hmm. uh, To LA, sorry. and But, like, I'm sure some other places for cheaper and
0: yeah. it's fascinating. It's oh, so fascinating it's such so a rich premise for a script so I like have to applaud you on the logline alone but I think importantly I was we were talking the other day about how like even though the log line's great crappy writers don't make the script good because you can read a great pitch but then it is the voice of the writer and it's mm-hmm. the actual meat of the script that makes the script work um, so let's talk about these characters because they're just a delight <laughs> I love every single character in this script first of all Nash I think he's a lot of fun and he's we were talking a bit, he's interesting because he's a rock, he's a rocker, he's this, he's this eccentric guy, but he's also kind of the straight man in the pile, like he's our surrogate in, so mm-hmm. can you talk about, like, writing Nash and sort of how he's operating in this story? Well, I didn't want him to be, like, he's kind of a lost soul,
5: so the, the, the you come to L.A. with all the dreams, and, and, and I just recently moved here from New York in mm-hmm. September, and so, Welcome. thank yeah. you, and, and. I I see it. I said, like, New York kind of just, like, no one gives a shit that you're in film. Like, they're just like, get away from me. (laughs) But in LA, it's just like, it's that want and need and drive because everyone comes here to do that, whether it's music or film, TV, whatever. And Nash is one of those guys that, in a lot of ways, made it on paper, but is it fulfilling enough? And Mm -hmm. clearly it isn't. So he's got sucked into that world of what we see on a daily basis of what can happen. And There's a reason why he's out there. Then, like, we drop hints a little bit like having the daddy issues. It's like, and being abandoned and just, like, there's an ex-wife that's listed in it. So there's a whole story that's going to come out about, like, what got him out there in the first place. Mm -hmm. And just for the pilot purposes, drop from his label. He's an alcoholic. He's every cliche of a rock star. And so in a weird way he kind of is like that lone wolf that has so much emptiness in a world where there's just people
0: around you at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah I, I think what I'm so impressed by is that you managed to make him staying believable. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure that was your biggest hurdle right from the yeah. start is how do I keep him here? Because like it's tough in 2018 to like c- keep people somewhere like get them stuck but you did it. You pulled it off in the script really beautifully I think. So can you talk about like the challenge of Keeping him stuck and then giving him the question of whether or not he stays.
5: Yeah, and 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 something I'm still working out. I mean, the the surface one is that the sales are going through the roof now that he and but like secretly here he has a love interest here he bought this town he's going to realize he doesn't have any money to even get himself out of this so yeah. frankly he's stuck with it. Mm-hmm. And is there any reason for him to go back at this point? And a lot of ways the town needs him as much as he needs the town, mm-hmm. yeah. and so it becomes this weird like they all hate each other, but at the same time. They need each other. Yeah, yeah. And so he secretly doesn't want to go back. And there's a, even as drug fueled as he was, he's kind of like okay with the purchase that he's like he'll realize being like oh okay well I kind of at least I have a home yeah.
0: <laughs> you know kind
5: of it kind of strangely reminded me of Eureka like I've just gotten
2: back into that show and it starts Is that with, on Sci Fi it it was on Sci Fi you can find it for free on Amazon Prime but okay. um it starts off with like a, a oh crap what does he do U S Marshal. Mm-hmm. Um, going into this town of like geniuses, and, and and he ends up staying because they offer him a job. He's also recently separated, and it's a place where he can like raise his daughter. So it like just kind of makes sense for his life at that point. But I was like, oh, this like there's so many like little nice little touches which I really appreciate in the script of like you really get an idea of who the town is and how mm-hmm. um, the the good effect they could have on Nash. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay, I kind of feel that same. It strangely
3: reminded me of Cars, the Disney movie Cars. <laughs> <laughs> like, like how he, like Lightning McQueen, he's like this... You know, yeah, that's true. Show, he goes mm-hmm. to the car town. I don't know why, but it just popped in my head. Yeah. He was like, oh, it reminds me of
0: Cars. Yeah, I think it's really smart. You've set up an engine for the entire series because really, the narrative possibilities are limitless when these two groups need each other, you know? Yeah. And so it's just the, I was just thinking in my head, what can we do? And there's so many opportunities. I mean, like, the idea of him, like, bringing culture to their town is mm-hmm. really interesting, mm-hmm. too. What are some of the things you sort of maybe picture down the road? You don't need to tease too much,
5: but. I mean, like, like he has opportunities that someone wants to buy it. Um, I, I think, like, his ex-wife catches wind that he exists, and she's mm-hmm. coming for the town because they're not really divorced, like oh, things wow. like that. Um, pot farm, like yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, th- like every season is another challenge for him to overcome to make money because they still, while he saved the town temporarily, they need to still generate traffic again. Right. And Amboy, in real life, was a tourist attraction at mm-hmm. one point. It just like, and it was a salt mining town, mm-hmm. and that's how they, and the railway was a real thing. Is how they got money and it just slowly trickled away so it's kind of revisiting, and like a like mill like I'm sorry the water out of the wells and like how self-sustaining town because nothing was around for 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 them to get anything Mm -hmm. so revisiting that but also modernizing it because they can't stay in the stone age this whole time like they have to do you think that you'd have something where because you see like towns
2: like like Joshua Tree and like Marfa Texas where they become like like little like Places
5: of hipsterdom. Where well, I was gonna say there. Coachella, like yeah, his yeah. own version of Coachella, and everything goes wrong, or his yeah, own yeah. Burning Man, and exactly. it's just a disaster because he knows has no idea what he's doing. Fire festival, yeah,
4: yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so a Ring was, of Fire. Was this his last million dollars? Though? Yeah, so
5: it's gonna come out that like he really has no more money.
4: So mm-hmm. he had a million dollars, yeah, like and and, now he has but none. he's
5: still in debt, and he still has that, and. You know, and it was kind of like again going back to like why would you let me do this? But mm-hmm. it's like at the same time, their blood sucking managers being like, I can only tell you what not to what to do. Right. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I guess this is an investment.
6: <laughs> like, also, your career ended
2: and you skipped town. Yeah, yeah. Like
5: this actually sounds like a great idea
6: if and you're I'll, gonna never exactly. come back to LA it Just again. being
2: like
5: you need something.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it also helps. It ended up helping him in, the, in kind of in a weird way if, if you stick with the whole idea of him making money by people thinking that he's dead. Like that's money that his manager can make essentially exactly. off of mm-hmm. him without really. Having to find a way to get it to him, you know. Yeah. Like, like,
6: oh. So, well, yeah. and he's probably he was probably never actually liquid the million. Of
5: course not. Like, no. Yeah. Fle- like, yeah,
6: he flexed the million and then skipped town. That they like bloodsucking lawyers would be like, well, no, that's a great play. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. It's amazing. It. Yeah. I wish I could do that.
0: Yeah, it's really really smart. Um, I I also love the way you employ flashbacks in this pilot, and I'm hoping that that's a device that we see throughout the show. Yes.
5: Yeah, because exactly. I like as things start to piece together. Mm-hmm. And I was so concerned that if I was going too much, but I think it kind of balances out
0: to give the backstory of just how much of an <laughs>
5: idiot he is that yeah. he's gotten
0: himself this deep. Well, it plays for comedy, too. I think we get some nice laughs out of those flashbacks, yeah. too. But it's also, the best comedy informs character at the same time, and I, you're doing that all simultaneously in this pilot, which is just great. Um, does anyone else have anything? I've got some more stuff, but I feel like I'm hogging well, the Well, you do a lot of
3: flashbacks with Nash, but do you plan on doing a more flashbacks with other characters as well, kind of to establish how they grew up in the town, how they got to the town if they weren't born
5: there? I mean, I really, that's, uh, thank you for saying that. I, you. Have you, you've seen Oranges and New Black. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, as the series progresses, yeah. it does the flashbacks of how everybody mm-hmm. got there mm-hmm. and I do want to do that. I love that. Because, th- not all of these people were born and raised in that mm-hmm. town. Like, there's mm-hmm. a reason why, so- and people do, I mean, even like Joshua Tree, mm-hmm. like, it's a sleepy town. Like, it has its peaks, but like, it, people live there mm-hmm. and, I spent a good chunk of time out there. I was like, "There's nothing to do," <laughs> and they thrive off of the one bar and like you know. Yeah. And I would love to know like where each person came like came from and like what you know Metro. Yeah. He rolled through, and there's yeah. a reason mm-hmm. why he did. He wasn't born there, and it's yeah. just so. It I'd be yeah. I'd love to do that.
0: Yeah.
5: Do you have a favorite character aside from Nash that you really like to write? I mean, Vols my like. <laughs> I mean Sam Elliott in my brain, you yeah. know. It's like mm-hmm. Sam Elliott, like Billy Bob Thornton, kind of yeah. just yeah. being like, "Don't fuck with me." Yeah. Like you're like I'm over <laughs> this. Like, yeah. Like rocker kid coming in here thinking he knows everything. Definitely.
1: Yeah. You have a lot of like really slow, uh, slow burning jokes that are big payoffs in the end. Mm-hmm. Like the the shitting one is like one of my favorites because like when I was sitting there reading it, it's like. A lot, a lot of times people think the joke is going to be like him realizing he's taking a dump. But it's, it gets to the point where it's like, you actually shot me while you were taking a shit. Yeah. And, when I, and for this to me, it's, it, it almost feels like a writer's room or like two people doing an improv scene that just went until mm-hmm. you were both just like mm-hmm. pissing your pants laughing. Mm-hmm. So how did you write those jokes or how did you write scenes like that with like the slow burning joke all the way throughout with like informing the audience of what the joke could be at the beginning? And right. Like what, a, what a you know what I mean? Yeah, I
5: t- yeah. It's like there's the, like and there's some like references like Tombstone, like Keith, like the yeah, like, you, that, you know, that that that, and, and and jo- yeah, and I mean <clears> some <throat> people get that, some people won't. But there's also Nell written, and it's yeah. just like mm-hmm. things like I'm like I just it's a smarter comedy in my brain. It's mm-hmm. just like like I I write like with a slow burn of jokes, and it's not just the punch over and over again that it becomes like I know where you're going with this, right? Because
1: mm-hmm. you can tell even with your dramatic stuff, like in the opening with Opie or when it talks about him being a mute, when you first read this, when I first read it, I was like, man, if that kid talks by the end of this episode, I'm going to be so annoyed. Yeah. (laughs) And and it's just like purposely does not But so many people would do that. Or like reference the dad. It's like, oh, my dad called. Maybe I should call him. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, this is real life. I just thought those Uh were very. Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah. And it's also for pilots specifically, I think it's like planting the seeds in a smart way. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I'm very conscious of just understanding that it's like, I need to set this up so that it can work for many seasons and hinting and hoping that people get it i mean s- some things may not work at the end but like trying to drop certain hints and t- really defining like the jokes of just like like nash is more blunt even mm-hmm. though you know he's a mess but he's just like and his tit for tat with uh, with share of yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah. it goes back and forth and and also like jade bird is just like n- like Has bigger balls than everybody, you know. She's just like, I'm not, I like, I may have grown up here, but I know what's up. It's Uh just like, I'm smart enough. So, her jokes are going to be different, yeah, in a lot of ways. So,
1: can you talk a little bit about planting seeds for new writers? Because, more than almost any pilot we've read, and that's no slight on the other writers we've had on the show, I was bummed when this was done. Mm -hmm. Like, I needed more, you know what I mean. (laughs) So, like, can you talk about you said it yourself, planting those seeds that's the most important thing I think you did in this is like, I just want more out of it. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because like every script that I write, like I've worked on two other pilots that I've written and it was like, this one was way easier for me to write. I've had this idea forever but I just like finally sat down and just plowed, it, plowed through and it was just organically flowed in a way that it just, because it was so crystal clear to me of how this could work for many, many seasons where mm-hmm. some shows, not so much and it, it takes a lot more work. So for this one in particular, the seeds were just very obvious to me of like what needs to happen to get to the next episode. Mm -hmm. What does episode two, three, four, five, six like fully develop? No, I don't have that, but I know where it can go. Mm -hmm. So for this one in particular, it was quite easy for me, whereas other scripts I've written that I've struggled with, that sometimes I'm like, it's not as crystal clear of where Mm -hmm. the beats happen and where it's gonna end and what's the big whoa moment.
3: Mm -hmm. I think what I loved about this script and just this story is that you, you reference Orange is the New Black, and I feel like Nash is the Piper of that story, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but what I love about Orange is the New Black is that, yes, it, it, it started off with Piper, but throughout the seasons, it's gone to more where you focus on other characters, because their stories are essentially bigger than her of course. And her character. Do you plan on doing that yeah. with other, okay, perfect. Good yeah, thing. because he
5: can't, you, it, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. He's, he's a strung out rock star. Great. But he has to evolve and he has to grow. Right. And so do the rest of the characters. And there has to be sub-stories with those guys as well for it to live.
0: Well, the show's called Amboy. It's yes. not called Nash. Exactly. Know, so. Yeah.
5: Did you yeah. ever
4: think about making it a feature? No. Never thought about
5: it? I'd be open to it, but I just think this, would, this lives. You want to play it out. I wanna want to play it out, part, yeah. yeah. I think there's just so many layers to each character. And when all the troublemakers start to come through and things that they have to, like, he starts to defend the town because he really cares for it. And he has, like, they're the family that he's never had.
0: Mm. I don't know if you have much directorial interest, but one thing I love about this pilot is just the setting would make it really beautiful to shoot. Like, it's Mm -hmm. funny, because even though we're surrounded by all these, you know, kind of funny scenes and quirky characters, we'll have these, like, stark moments of dramatic, moonlit mountains and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't help but, like, sort of want to see it as Mm -hmm. well. Is that something you thought about as you were developing the pilot, or...?
5: As for me to direct, or just like the just actual vision both, of itself, so um, yeah. not for me to direct. Um, would love to direct eventually, but probably not this. But. Yeah. Um, for the setting, yeah, I, I like I did like another short that I wrote that takes place at the desert as well, and like it got re- it got great reviews and won festivals and stuff. But they're like, great. It's so expensive to make, so thanks. <laughs> it's like
0: at it the same time though, isn't it? When you're shooting, out? It's not, on, but it kind of yeah.
5: is as well. Like it's, it's a yeah. location, which right. means you're adding, like you're yeah. you have to go out there, yeah, yeah, and doesn't have to be that far out, right. but shooting cheap, you know, it's yeah. like it's, it's gonna yeah. add up because yeah. instead of shooting in. A room. Right. So I just, I tend to write bigger because, Mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm shooting for the moon, might as well just go where I Mm -hmm. know the story to serve as justice instead of just being like, it's cheaper to make. It's just, (laughs) yeah.
2: I always feel like you have to have both. Like, yeah. I know when I write, I, th- I think of like, well, these are my dream projects
5: that are going to cost millions and millions of dollars.
2: And this is like the stuff that, you know, if I wanted to, I could produce. <laughs> I mean, <so laughs> that, all on my so, own. So yeah. that's
5: key as well as knowing, like setting expectations of what's realistic to make. Yeah, This is, to me isn't far-fetched. I have another show that it's like, there's no way. Like yeah. not mm-hmm. anytime soon. So yeah. just pick and choose what's your priority mm-hmm. to further your career or writing mm-hmm. samples, wherever it may be, mm-hmm. with the possibility of it make being made. Yeah. So it's really just... For a writer to consider that. I mean, we talked at, like, how we met. It's just, like, it's picking and choosing, like, what would really work. Right? Yeah. And not just writing for what's working on TV right now, but what is doable. Mm-hmm.
2: And then you never know. Like, it's, it's also one of those things where I feel like you see that a lot with writers, where they'll write something really small, and that'll get, like, a lot of momentum, and then they'll go. Well, actually, I have this really big budget thing. If you guys are down for that, if mm-hmm. this goes somewhere, mm-hmm. so you kind of like even with like Jordan Peele, you saw that with Get Out, where yeah. he'd had that forever, and when he finally got like enough
0: momentum, Damien Chazelle wrote La La Land yeah. in like 2010, mm-hmm. and then made Whiplash, and then, yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just—it's funny. I could almost like see Breaking Bad a little bit yeah. know, in some yeah. of these scenes, and I definitely just, shoot
5: that in New Mexico.
2: Or, that's yeah. what I was
0: thinking. Some of the incentives. Sometimes, if you get out of town, you know, I
5: mean, I'm Canadian,
0: right. so you know, <laughs> just like I
5: know incentives. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I also thought of a, like for Nash, I've always thought. I don't know what you, what you guys think about like who you see to play that, but I in my brain years ago when I started writing like thinking of this was like Dominic Cooper mm-hmm. in my brain, and then he came hmm. he's in Preacher now, yeah, and yeah. so yeah. I was like, well there you go, yeah. it's, like, yeah. it's like he works. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Any other casting you have thought of besides? I mean, obviously these five are pretty great. Exactly. Um, <laughs> no, outside
5: of those two, like Billy Bob or, or Sam Elliott for for Vault and um, Dominic Cooper for for um, nash i haven 't really thought mm. further from that because also it 's like these characters are so like a lot of people can play yeah. Mm. Yeah. like so it 's not so specific to the point they're like only this kind of actor can do it right. it's it's gives it a like they're distinct but also like allows each of these characters to grow and mold to the actor like mm-hmm. what they bring to the table, which I try to do with with these characters like with, uh, normally when I write it's just allow room for it to breathe
0: instead of being so distinct right did you have any questions for us kind of having heard it read out loud now i mean like so this is the first draft
5: mm-hmm. so out of curiosity for first draft like i don't know how like, like what you what is your t- what was your take on it like what was lagging what could be shortened i mean it's long um. that i'm aware of
6: I will say for a first draft it's pr- it's really really good for a first draft <laughs> yeah, cuz my first drafts are usually just like vomit on a page. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. They're not good at all. So like just as a first draft like it's a succinct story with all mm-hmm. the with all the seeds planted in the characters there. Like that's awesome. a great place to start.
0: Great. It's funny it's the rules are changing like normally like 10 years ago this page length would be an issue. Yeah. But like I just watched this pilot on Stars called Vita. Oh, yeah.
4: And it, it was great, first of all. I
0: really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 38 minutes, so it's like...
4: Really it, weird timing.
0: Yeah, it's mm. just like, I don't know if there are rules anymore. <laughs> I
4: mean, Sons of Anarchy had a different episode timing for literally yeah. every yeah. one yeah. they did, like, yeah.
2: They do that, even The, the Flash, was is on, like, quote-unquote network. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time I watch it, it's slightly different in
0: time. So. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, I think... I like the way it feels right now. It feels paced. Well, yeah, right? that,
5: that's what my issue is because I was like, okay, it can be short, but like, where? Like, at this point, I was like, I don't want. Like, why would I m- mess with it at this? You know, until yeah. I get yeah. more and more feedback.
1: The way that you write and the type of intelligent writing that you have, it's like, the the slowness in the beginning will probably lose the people that you don't want watching your right. show anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. and it'll get the people to stay that are really going to appreciate what you're writing. Cool. Because yeah. it's like the beginning. I, what I appreciate about any good comedy. Um, what was a movie I saw recently? That was like this. Blockers was kind of like this, mm. which was actually pretty damn funny. Mm-hmm. Is they gets it gets crazy and radical and ludicrous by the end of it, but they start off with these great jokes throughout that kind of warm the audience up. Mm-hmm. Like you realize as you're watching the movie, you're kind of like, oh, I'm having a good time. So yeah. by the time that someone's shitting and shooting someone, you're like completely on board, laughing your ass off. Yeah. So like yeah. for the length, I think it actually would be it would do a disservice to it if you shortened it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Were mm-hmm. some
2: things that, in the description, I thought were really funny, and I was like, I kind of want to hear someone say that. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like, even, like, the... the, the <laughs> Even if someone made a joke of, like, his penis going into his ass crack or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was like, because sometimes I'll be reading a script, mm-hmm. and, like, the, the, the dialogue was witty as well, but sometimes I'll be like, ooh... Like the way you describe that, like I would love to hear
3: it. to hear it yeah. as
2: well, <laughs> you know. Or or it's, it's kind of sometimes a description that's really just for the people who are going to produce it, but the audience will never really get to,
0: sure. to see that description.
2: Yeah.
6: So pretty dark,
0: it's Luella. That's the one. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
6: But that we get to en- we get to enjoy it because we're reading it. So yeah. it's like yeah. it's yeah. like a narration for us, and then like some of the. But I'm,
5: and that's a fine line too, because yeah. I find like yeah. some, some people are just kind of like it's too much and it's yeah. not necessary, and you're yeah. adding just pages to because of that, but. Mm-hmm. I tend to, like, that's just my style. So yeah. it's just, like, for me, it's something that I don't want to lose because yeah. it's just, it makes whoever's reading it, yeah. you're, you're you're learning about my voice, yeah. you know? Yeah,
6: that's become incredibly acceptable on scripts in the last, like, five years. And so, I read, I mean, um... Shane Black's been doing that
1: since well, yeah, 30 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I read a
2: draft of Kill Bill once, and you want to talk about somebody who, like, makes his actual scripts really long, Quentin Tarantino, in the scene where she fights Vivica A. Fox... Mm-hmm. Did like a whole breakdown of everything that's in the uh, <laughs> cabinet behind them uh, as they're fighting, like like old slave memorial pieces of, of work, and her grandfather's da 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 da, a paragraph, and I was like. Is this necessary? Yeah. <laughs> so well, if you're Tarantino
6: and you know the movies, you, you do whatever you made, want. It's I up. I had one
4: area of confusion towards the end. What was the deal the, with that boat oh, situation? It was they mistake. Just, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> old, yeah, yeah.
5: The minute it was said, I was like, "Oh, I'm confused." Oh, totally I was, yeah. Like, yeah. Cool. Yeah. No. I was just like,
4: no. "Wow." I'm that
2: was a bad my, my fault. Yeah, my I fault. Guess, mm-hmm. and I guess at one point his last name was Waters and not Rivers because
5: I saw that at one point yeah. somebody yeah.
1: And then on page, I think it's thirty-five. Uh, shoot, awesome. the so you should, yeah, yeah. it should have been Vault, right? I meant to yeah. say it before the show and I totally forgot. I,
5: the minute you said I was just like, and that was my fault. No, it <laughs> story. it's like,
4: first draft,
5: guys. I, that's how,
4: story wise, the first draft is yeah, like baller. Right? Like, yeah. For
0: only two things like that on a first draft, that's. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. Right? I noticed yeah, you like, use a
0: semicolon, but it should have been a colon. Okay, I
4: think you had a good balance of ages and genders as well, which is really cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Is this your first time having a table ride?
4: Um,
5: For pilot, yes. Mm-hmm. For short, it happened once in New York. And other than that, no. Did That's you,
1: uh, anything happen today that made you, things work, didn't work, you want to change? Something happened it's, for you? No, it flowed
5: pretty, <laughs> like, it's exactly, like, I was happy with it. It's mm-hmm. just, like, Good. it definitely flowed the way that I, minus mm-hmm. the, the odd hiccup there, but I was like, mm-hmm. I already know. But, like, mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah. overall, it, it flowed. Yeah, great. I was yeah. really happy with it.
0: Well, we obviously love the script. And Sabrina, I know you're working on some other stuff. Um, you pitched me something I really liked, if you want to tease it here for any listening producers, about kind of borrowing from your upbringing as a, Cana- a no. Canadian-Indian woman. Oh, I was Indian like, what? Um, Just, it, I don't know what you want to pitch right now, but you have working on some stuff I was interested in, so if listeners are interested as well.
5: Yeah, I mean, I'm Canadian, but I'm, I'm Punjabi. I'm Indian, so mm. um, I would love to do a series of women in L.A. in their 30s. Kind of just trying to make it, but also dealing with the background of be, like of their religion and their upbringing of a very traditional background mm-hmm. yeah and it 's just five friends so it 's not it 's not girls it 's not sex in a city it 's just really like it 's five working people trying to make it in l a from all different so like it, while not playing up to all the stereotypes that you see as Indian people yeah. and but also dealing with like everyday life of love relationships, money, survival. But then also dealing with the fact, like you know, your upbringing of like what, where you really come from, and who you are now.
3: Right. Do the women know each other? Or are they? Yeah, separate? they're all friends. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
4: And they're all Indian.
1: Yeah. Would you that's
4: ever want like, to bring that on yeah. here? <laughs> or have to
1: be all women. I'm Indian, so I'm interested. Oh, okay.
5: Well, I mean, they gotta date someone, don't they? No. Yeah. So, but it's also like it's, all, but no, but that's a great point that being Indian and then having being gay and like what does that mean and like these are all things that I have seen and my upbringing but also my friends who are Indian it's like all very different and there's different kinds of Indians. there's I'm Punjabi there's Hindu like two very different but there's a lot of similarities as well and I feel like there's definitely a, a hole for
2: that I was talking with a friend about like this is America and all that kind of stuff and like even if you think about like I was like What's what's nice is that, yeah, people of color are being seen in in television and film, but it's mainly the men and their stories and their perspectives. And I was like, there's a huge hole of, like, women and uh, not necessarily falling into, like, a stereotype, but, like, how we interact with people that are not of our race. Yeah,
5: and, and with that and then also realizing that, like, we were all we were all born here. We mm-hmm. weren't born in India, exactly. which is very different. You yes. know, it's just like so. There's the immigrant story, of course. Yeah, my parents were a, like born and raised in India. My father grew up in England. It was arranged marriage and moved to Canada, mm-hmm. and we and that's where we were born. But I myself was born like was raised in the suburbia of Toronto. You yeah. know, and so it's two very different things. And. Yeah, right. And then also being, like, like, I love seeing, like, it's more and more Indian women are, like, or Indian um, actors are being featured on shows. But also it's kind of like the token Indian now is there. And and again, we're moving. It's correct. Like, I love it. I love seeing that. But it's just also kind of, like, slightly forced in a way that I kind of can't help but be like, yeah, you just threw... You just threw <laughs> someone in you there. You just threw the Indian in there. And it's yeah. even
2: kind of like when you have shows like Master of None, um, regard, you know, not speaking to all the other stuff that's going on with him, but I was like, where are the women? <laughs> I was like, cool. He, oh, But he always has like a white love interest or even um, uh, Kamal N- mm-hmm. um, uh I'm I am not think he's Indian, but yeah, he's, uh, I was like, but where are the women? I was like, I, I understand, like, cool, I'm happy to hear the story, but I do right. want to hear like, the female perspective for the immigrant story for the female mm-hmm. perspective
0: as well. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really exciting and it's among a portfolio of, I think a lot of exciting projects that you have, including some fellowships and festival wins. And if, if producers do want to connect with you, what's the best way to reach you?
5: Um, it's, email's fine. E- if you want, email, right? yeah, email. Yeah. Email. Um, it's
0: besla.sabrina at gmail.com. Great, that's or phonetic, Instagram. guys. So yeah. that's B-E-S-L-A dot Sabrina at gmail.com. Perfect. Or um, Instagram. Yeah, whatever. DM me. <laughs> some yeah. There, yeah, you can DM her. You <laughs> slide can slide into DM. her. Yeah. Yeah, slide into if you Yeah, slide um, Sabrina, we obviously love the pilot. Thank you so much Thank for coming on today. Thank you for tonight. having me. Appreciate it. It was a blast. Yeah, we'll definitely keep in touch. Guys, this has been the Unproduced Table Read here on the Popcorn Talk Network. Today we read Sabrina Besla's very funny and very interesting pilot Amboy um, we're here every week, guys. If you like today's episode, I have a couple recommendations. Episode 46 is one we read a couple months ago, a pilot called Rock Bottom. That's about a kind of similarly stylistic town in actually the Midwest, but i check out that one. And we read a pilot called Science Fiction that sort of shared, borrows from some of that too. So check both of those out. Um, and how about the rest of you guys? Uh,
1: yeah, I'm Andrew Guy. You can slide in my DMs on Instagram <laughs> as well, or Twitter. That's where you'll find me.
2: Hi, I'm Adrian Snow. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Snow. Please do not slide into my DMs. <laughs> I will not respond.
6: <laughs> I'm Steve Kaufman. You can find me on Twitter almost exclusively at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. And as far as I'm aware, my DMs are closed.
3: <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. I'm Timothy Michael. And in my case, you can slide in anywhere you want. <laughs> hey! Anywhere. Yes. I'm Timothy Mike. <laughs> You find me at Roxy Stryer. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Guys, thanks for being here. We'll see you. We're actually taking a brief hiatus. So we're taking two weeks off. But we'll be back on June 1st. Thanks, guys. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye, guys.
5: Like ours me. This is Maria Menudo's, Kevin Underdale, Phil
1: Spitek, and the I entire Popcorn Talk Network. Like a I'd like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments,
6: be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.